Julie Ryan, noted psychic and medical intuitive, is ready to answer your personal questions, even those you never knew you could ask. For more than 25 years, as she developed and refined her intuitive skills, Julie used her knowledge as a successful inventor and businesswoman to help others. Now, she wants to help you to grow, heal, and get the answers you've been longing to hear. Do you have a question for someone who's transitioned? Do you have a medical issue? What about your pet's health or behavior? Perhaps you have a loved one who's close to death and you'd like to know what's happening. Are you on the path to fulfill your life's purpose? No matter where you are in the world, take a journey to the other side and ask Julie Ryan. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Ask Julie Ryan Show. I'm Julie, your host, and I'm so delighted you could join us this evening. My intention in doing this show is to provide information, insight, and comfort to people all around the world by helping to answer life's unanswerable questions. And I'm really thrilled that you are joining us this evening or whenever you're listening to this podcast. It may be in the morning or it may be during the middle of the day, whenever. I'm thrilled that you're joining us. We have several people who have called in this evening already and they're on hold, ready to go. And uh, and then we have several questions that have been submitted online. But as I was telling everybody when I, we were getting ready to start the show, I just flew back from Austin, Texas. I've been there since Monday. And I was there on business this week. And I had a really remarkable thing happen, remarkable and fun thing happen on Monday I wanted to quickly share with everybody. I have a friend who told me, I hadn't been to Austin in probably 20 years, and it's a lovely town. And of course, it had grown a lot since I'd been there before. But my girlfriend said, you need to go check out the Driscoll Hotel because it's a, um, it's a historic hotel and it's gorgeous and you'll love it because she knows I love historic things. And when I'm traveling on business, I if I have a free afternoon or something, I'll go to a museum or go see some famous landmark or something just to kind of see what the culture of, this, of a city is. So anyways... I go to the Crystal Hotel, I land in Austin, get my rental car, go there for lunch, and my thought was, well, I'll go get some lunch, and then I'll um, see if I can get somebody to give, a, give me a tour. And the hotel is gorgeous. Look it up online. It's spelled D as in David, R-I-S-K-I-L-L, hotel. And, and it's named after the founder who was called Colonel Driscoll, and he was a cattle baron and made his fortune selling cattle to the Confederate Army during the American Civil War. And so I was having lunch, and the hostess had given me a brochure that was the timeline of this hotel, which I think was opened in 1888 or something like that. And I'm reading it, and I get to the year 1909 on the timeline, and I saw that they had opened a spa that year for their guests, and they had traveling psychic healers that worked in their, came to work on their clients in the spa at the hotel. And I thought, wow, that's pretty cool because, you know, I'm a psychic healer too. And I was, I was uh, taken aback by that. I thought that was fun. And then after lunch, I went to the concierge and uh, she uh, got me hooked up with the bellman and he agreed to give me a tour. And before we left on the tour of the hotel, which is gorgeous, by the way, she handed me this sheet of paper and she said, well, you know, the hotel's haunted. And I said, what? 
And she said, yeah. And she handed me this sheet of paper of all these sightings. So I folded it up and I put it in my purse. And I said, okay, fine. So this guy named Josh gives, starts on the tour and he shows me this portrait of Colonel Driscoll. And we, we go upstairs to the main ballroom and check that out. And then there's a kind of a mezzanine outside of the main ballroom between the ballroom and a balcony. And we were walking through the mezzanine on the way to another kind of a mini ballroom. And by the way, this hotel was kind of the headquarters for President Johnson, LBJ, Lyndon B. Johnson, who was the president that took over when um, uh, John F. Kennedy was shot. He was the vice president, so he became president. But all the election results he watched there, and when he was in the White House, he stayed at this hotel whenever he was in Austin, which was his hometown. And so we're in this mezzanine, and I smell cigar smoke. Now, I knew there was no way this hotel was going to let people smoke inside the hotel. And I smelled it for maybe 20 seconds. And I thought, okay, there's a spirit here and they want me to turn on my radar. So I did. And it was Colonel Driscoll who was the founder of the hotel and he looked just like he did in the portrait and he was kind of moseying along checking out his beloved hotel and he nodded at me and then he just went on you know doing whatever he was doing so that was that was interesting and then several other I ran into several other spirits while I was there but one in particular situation was really interesting because we went in this other mini ballroom and it's called the Maximilian room and it's named for Maximilian the first who was the emperor of uh, Mexico sent over by Napoleon in the late 19th century and early 20th century he was in office in Mexico and it was a failed royal situation but they have these eight really heavily gold leaf mirrors, heavily gilded mirrors in this room. And, uh, and what they do is they, they have in the carving of the mirror a relief of a woman's head. Kind of looks like what a cameo would look like. And they say, they said, we don't know for sure because we found these at an antique store in San Antonio. They're massive and there's eight of them all spread all around this ballroom and uh, this little Josh guy said we we think that's Maximilian's wife Carlotta and I said okay and I got the hit in my head I got the thought this isn't Carlotta this is Lucinda Maximilian's mistress <laughs> so I said to Josh have you ever heard of a Lucinda that was Maximilian's mistress and he said no and uh, he said, but this is supposedly Carlotta. I'm thinking, this isn't Carlotta on these mirrors. So what did I do? I called both Lucinda and Carlotta's spirits in, and they showed up immediately in this Maximilian ballroom. And I said, ladies, wh- who is the woman depicted on all of these mirrors? And Lucinda said, it's me. So long story short, saw a few other spirits on the way back to the concierge and I was telling the concierge about that well nobody had ever heard of Lucinda so I thought okay fine I'll, I'll look her up sometime when I have an extra minute next day give my talk 
and I'm in the parking lot of a store, Trader Joe's, running in there for an errand. And this woman came up to me in the parking lot and she said, oh, you look so lovely today. I was all dolled up, you know, dressed up like a businesswoman, had my pearls on and stuff. And, and I said, well, thank you. And we started talking and I mean, we're in the middle of this parking lot. This woman's got a cartload full of groceries that she's getting ready to put in her car and I'm walking into the store and so come to find out she's part of the Austin Historic Society and um, and I said well interestingly enough I took a tour of the Driscoll Hotel yesterday and she said oh you know that place is haunted and I said yeah I saw a lot of stuff when I was there and proceeded to tell her about a few things and including this Lucinda woman, and of course, she'd never heard of her either. And she said, well, how interesting is that? She said, we're just getting ready to publish a book on the Driscoll Hotel. Would you be interested in writing an afterword for the book? And I said, yeah, sure. And she, so we exchanged business cards, and I left her. And within 10 minutes of my getting back in the car, heading back to my hotel, I get a call from this lawyer who's head of the the Austin um, Historical Society, and he's talking to me about the book and all of that. And I thought, what is the chance? So on the way back on the plane last night, I wrote up a draft of this afterward to go in their book that's getting ready to go to print like next week. And and I thought, just for kicks, I'm going to Google Maximilian Carlotta Lucinda and see what comes up. You guys, there was so much information on this Lucinda woman. It was hilarious. And so I thought, well, how cool is that? You know, we're uncovering some mystery of who this woman in all these mirrors is, and she's not who everybody thinks it is. And you ask the Google, and the Googler will agree on it. So it was really a fun, magical experience, and I was looking forward to sharing it with all of you. You can tell I'm excited about it because it was really, really a, a fun um, made made the trip really special. I mean, it was fun anyways, but, but made it really special and made it extra special because, uh, you know, of all this stuff that went on at the Driscoll Hotel. So if you're ever in Austin, Te- Austin Texas, go check out the Driscoll Hotel. All right, enough about all of that. Let's go to the phones, and I believe our first caller is Ann. Hi, Ann. Hey, Julie. Thank you so much for... I'm doing fabulous, and you? I'm well, thanks. Thanks. Tell everybody where you're calling from. I'm calling from uh, Boise, Idaho, but I want to tell you that I uh, went to business uh, for a business trip in Austin a few years ago and found it totally fabulous. It's like the little Boise of the Texas, you know, or the South. Really reminds me of Boise. It does. Interesting. Most people say that it's kind of a mini Silicon Valley, and uh, and they they compare it to Portland as well. So I saw signs around town that said "Keep Austin Weird." (laughs) Well, that's what that's hilarious. Yeah, that's what we have signs all over Boise. Keep Boise Weird. We're the second fastest growing city, I think, in the U.S. right now, but don't tell that to anybody else. I'll <laughs> just let you keep that a secret. But Oh, gosh. How, are, how yeah. are the fires up there? Are you guys okay with those? Yeah, there's not too many fires around me, but um, okay. there's been a lot of smoke in the valley from the surrounding, like Oregon and Montana. 
yeah. in Washington. But, right. Uh, yeah. So we're doing okay. Okay. Great. Well, terrific. Well, do you have a question for me this evening? I do. Okay. I do. And you can disregard my email because I'm calling, but all of a sudden, you know, I'm 59 years old and I'm super healthy and my blood work is great and my doctor, you know, says I'm so super healthy. But all of a sudden, um, in recent weeks, my second toe on my right foot is numb. And I don't really notice it until I wake up in the morning and kind of, you know, walk to the bathroom or whatever. And it's a very odd, it's not painful. It's a very odd sensation. But I'm just wondering what you might think that might be. Does it stay numb all day, Ann? No. Or is it just when you wake up in the morning? It's just when I wake up in the morning. Okay. And I'm going to ask you, you're going to laugh when I ask you this question, but I'm asking it because I have experienced this. Do you tuck your sheets in at the end of your mattress or do you leave them untucked at night? Um, well, they've been tucked in for my whole life. So. Okay. All right. All right. Because I leave mine untucked now because I was finding that sometimes, depending on how I was sleeping, like if I was on my back and my feet were up, my toes were sticking up because I was sleeping on my back and my, you know, my legs were straight and my toes were sticking up, that it was too much pressure on the toe with the blankies being tucked in. <laughs> now, I'm just telling you, this is what I figured out for myself. I'm going to scan you, but it may be something as simple as that since it's okay. only when you wake up. Because when I started untucking my sheets, and if I'm in a hotel, it creeps me out to have the blankets and the sheets touching the floor. I'm okay with it in my own house because I know my house is clean. But, right. um, you know, you can loosen them and still keep them tucked in. And I'm sure in the wintertime, they probably help keep you warm. But you can loosen them so they're not so tight. Um, and actually, what's funny still- my husband likes it tucked in really tightly on his side of the bed, and I like mine loose. So his side, we have a big king bed, and his side's tucked in tightly, and mine's not. So, but what were you going to say? Yeah. I'm sorry. Well, I totally get that. But um, during the day, if I just kind of pinch my toe on that mm-hmm. toe, mm-hmm. I don't feel it as much as I do if I pinch the other toe. The other so, toe, yeah. Even though but I that, feel it more in the morning, yeah. I, it, yeah. Okay. All right. So it's your left toe, left big toe? It, it's my right foot, um, second toe next to the big toe. Right toe. Is that second toe longer than the big toe or is it shorter? Um, I've kind of done that test online before. It's shorter. I mean, just to look at it, what's it look like? It's shorter. It's, I can see it. It's definitely okay. shorter, yeah. you got something going on with your left big toe too, girl. Because that's where the energy went first. I've, I've connected to Anne, everybody, uh, energetically, which just means that I've got a laser beam and I watch it go across the states from me here in Alabama to Anne up in Idaho. And the energy went first to your left toe, and it looks like it's kind of purpley looking. So uh, you definitely got something going on that's vascular. Um, in that foot. I don't think it's from the blankies, but I would still try that too, you know, loosen them up some at the end of your bed. That's just something simple you can do. All right, let me look at your second toe. Yeah, you got a little bit of um, vascular stuff going on in your extremities. And, And you're pretty active, if I remember correctly, from when we've spoken before, right? You take yeah, walk I walk at least. Stuff. I walk. Yeah. 
Yeah, at least an hour and a half, two hours a right. day. Yeah. That's what I was thinking. Okay, do you have new shoes? Yes, you tennis shoes. What tennis shoes? Did you switch tennis shoes? What are you doing? No, no, nothing. You're wearing the same yeah. tennis shoes you've always worn, same brand? Wearing the same, same TiVos, sandals, yeah, okay. same everything. All right. I think it has to do with it has to do with some kind of external pressure that you're exerting on your feet. It's I, I don't it's a vascular thing that's caused by something outside that you're doing to them because um, it's on both feet. But the blood flow looks fine into them into your feet when you're up and moving around. But it's causing it's causing some um, pressure. On your toes. So let me see if I can ask to be shown what's. I'm seeing tennis shoes when you're walking. When you um, when you walk in the shoes for a long time, like for a few months, how long do your tennis shoes last? Oh, I, I mean, for the last six months, I've been uh, just walking in my TiVos. Okay. My tennis shoes, when I walk in them for about six months, when I know I need new ones, my toes kind of start to slide to the front for some reason. And the guy at the um, store said, that's when you know your shoes are starting to wear out. And I buy those really expensive, you know, running shoes with tons of padding on them and stuff that are lightweight. They're stupid expensive. And um, so it's something to do with your shoes. So just pay attention to that. I would try walking in a different pair of shoes. Get some really good tennis shoes that are runner shoes that are lightweight that have tons of padding on them and see if that helps. I'm not seeing a vascular problem. It's something that's causing pressure uh, from your shoes. And and I would still untuck those sheets. The fact that I got the thought and to tell you that thought tells me there's something there. Okay. Okay. All right. Well, thanks for calling in. Great to talk with you. Thank you. Yeah, great to visit with you again. All righty. Take care. Bye-bye. You too. Bye-bye. All right. I believe our next caller is Robert. Hi, Robert. Okay. Oh, hey. Julia, let me take it off speaker. Thank you. How are you, sir? Oh, hey. Hi, Julie. Hi there. You hear me How okay? Are you? I can. Really well. Uh, I'm awesome. Good. Please tell everybody down where there you're calling. Things are really good here. I uh, I got out of Dodge on Monday morning on a 7 o'clock flight out to Austin, and I got out of Dodge before Irene came to visit. And oh. uh, if, if you watch the trajectory of that hurricane, yeah, it was coming right to mm-hmm. Birmingham. And I thought, well, that's going to be interesting. But it was just raining and starting to blow when I flew out. But they had everything mm-hmm. shut down here Monday and Tuesday. Oh, my and goodness. And by the time I got back, it was all passed, and I think I think everything right. was okay. I see some limbs that are down, but certainly nothing right. like like what they went through in Florida. And I talked to several people in Texas who have places in Houston, and Houston just sounds mm-hmm. like a, just a mess. Well, that's good. Did so, hear nothing's yeah. happening down there, and you were safe. Yeah. Yeah, we're uh, good. And Thanks. my son lives pretty close to you, I believe. Uh, oh, Fort terrific. Walton Beach, Florida. Where is he? Uh, not sure how far. Fort Walton Beach. Oh, yeah. Florida. Yeah, it's, a, it's about uh, four and a half, five hours, maybe. So pretty okay. close. Okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I know they had a tropical storm. Right. Oh, please yeah, for sure, Julie. From. 
Yeah, I'm over here in Michigan, uh, just outside of Detroit. Okie dokie. Well, yeah, we talked we talked before when you called in, and I told you I I only know the words to the Michigan fight song that are the bad words, and if oh, I sang it for go. you. I'd have to go to confession. Actually, interestingly enough, I told a guy who sat with me on the plane on the way home who had played football mm-hmm. in Michigan, and there was a guy on the on my right side who'd played football at Wisconsin. So we had a ball oh my. talking that about all of fun. that. And, oh, the Big Michigan Ten Conference guy. there, right on the plane. I'm telling you, in the exit <laughs> row on Southwest. It was great. So <laughs> do you have a question for me? I have a uh, question for you, Julie. Um, sure. Yeah. I was wondering if you could maybe tune into the to my body and kind of let me know what's going on. Sure. I don't know if you wanted me to describe it or just wait for you to tune in, but um, whatever you let prefer. me know what you're picking up. Okay. All right. So laser beams heading up to Michigan, probably just because I have several people on hold, and I'm going to try and get to as many as I can. If you give me an idea of what's bothering you, I can quickly hone in on it, and we can go oh, from there. Okay, I can do a total um, body, I can do a full body scan on a private consult if you want to do sure. that sometime, Robert. But tell me what's going on with this right now. I was wondering if you could kind of scan my head area and, and let me sure. know if there's anything going on. I feel something like uh, underneath the scalp there. And, um, and on the you know, top it of your like head? a burn or something? Yeah. On the top of your head? Yeah, I can see it. All right. So for those of you that are first-time listeners, what, what we're doing is I am raising my vibrational level to the level of spirit. Spirits vibrate very fast because they're not in a body, and the body has mass, so it slows down the vibration. And then I close my eyes and I watch a laser beam go from my body here in Birmingham, Alabama, and it shoots to wherever the person is uh, that I'm going to be scanning. And in Robert's case, he's up in mm-hmm. up in that that state up north, that place up north. Oh, That's what my. they say at Ohio okay. State. You know. <laughs> yes, it's above the uh, that other yeah. state. You know, what's that yeah, that other state. I know, yeah. O-H-I-O. A funny thing, when I was given my talk, you know, quick aside, when I was given my talk on Tuesday to a bunch of um, Austin CEOs, um, mm-hmm. in the intro, they say, and she went to the Ohio State University, and he yelled, this guy yells out, go OU, because Oklahoma had just creamed Ohio State right. the weekend before. Like, I, I thought that well, was I was watching it. Yeah, I did too. It was <laughs> disgusting. But anyway, all right. So, yes, the top of your head, you've got some stuff going on. You've got some inflammation, and so I am going to calm that down. What that looks like, Robert and everybody, is it looks like red fog, but it's dry fog. So I'm Mm -hmm. applying anti-inflammatory energy to you, to your head, and um, uh, all right. Let's see. What, okay. what, what is going on? It, it looks like pressure to me. Is your blood pressure up? Do you, are you feeling uh, like you can feel some possible, pulsing in your pressure. head? Maybe it is pulsing. It feels kind of like a, I don't know how to describe it, like a mild, mild burn. Hmm. And, Yeah. But it doesn't, it, it looks to me like it's under the skin, Robert. It doesn't look like it's a dermatological thing. It looks to me mm-hmm. like it's under, is, does that what it feels like? 
Yes, exactly. Okay, because, you know, if it was on the skin, you could apply some maybe steroid cream or something to it. But this mm-hmm. is under the skin, and I'm getting that it has to do with blood pressure. So go get your blood pressure checked. You know, you can do that at the drugstore. And okay. if it's high, and, mm-hmm. you know, if you go to the doctor and all that, they're going to want to put you on meds. But I want mm-hmm. you to look up this website for high blood pressure. If you end up having it, okay? And we, and again, mm-hmm. we can do a private consult. And I can do something more comprehensive when I have more time with you one-on-one. But go to Zona, Z as in zebra, O-N-A dot com. Zona.com. Okay. Zona right. Plus is a device that this company makes, and people who have high blood pressure use it, and it gets amazing results without pharmaceuticals and without side effects. And what it is, Robert, is, you know those hand exercisers that weightlifters and bodybuilders use that they're kind of on a spring and they squeeze them in their palms and strengthen their hands? This mm-hmm. is something along those lines, but it was developed by the um, space department in Russia for the cosmonauts when they went up in outer mm-hmm. space because apparently they mm-hmm. have trouble regulating astronauts' blood pressure. And they okay. developed this technology to help keep blood pressure under control for the cosmonauts for Russia and now they've used it in business. And when you go on their site, you'll see the Harvard Medical Review letter or whatever is written on it. I mean, some big-time institutions have studied this, and they get better results with this device than they do with the meds. Okay. okay? And you, like, use it I for, you. you know, a minute a day or something. And it, and oh, it, wow. I, it probably has something to do with g-forces and things like that way mm-hmm. above my pig but check that out and and see Definitely. what you think zona dot com yep zona and i'm getting that your blood pressure is elevated is it yeah. it might be working long hours recently but uh, all right i'll look into that okay so look into that if your blood if you do find your blood pressure is raised um Look into that before you agree to go on any medication for it and, uh, you know, call back, schedule a private consult. Let me do a full body scan. We'll figure out what's causing it when we have more time together. For sure. Okay. For sure. All right. Terrific. Well, thanks Absolutely, for calling Julie. in. Okay. And I appreciate that and uh, go blue. All right. We'll talk to you soon. <laughs> okay. Take care. <laughs> Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Oh, it's funny. For those of you that are first-time listeners, I'm a big college football fan, and I graduated from The Ohio State University, and and I live in Birmingham, and my husband and son are from Alabama. I went to the University of Alabama, and I and I really I really cheer for Alabama as much as I do Ohio State. But we have a lot of fun with the college football stuff around our house. So. Uh, so anyways, all right, let's go to another caller, and I believe our next caller is Miss Susie. Hi, Suze. Hi, Julie. I love your story. Thanks for sharing that. Oh, isn't that wild? That was amazing. Yeah, I love I it. It's so much fun. I'm thinking, seriously, I'm smelling cigar smoke in the middle of the <laughs> Because that's so distinctive. Yeah. 
you know, but mm-hmm. that's kind of that's kind of hard to miss. But the funny yeah. thing was, my little tour guide Josh wasn't smelling anything. <laughs> no, well, that's a great story. <laughs> so. so, and he couldn't see lights flickering either, which was interesting. Oh. In certain rooms, light where there were spirits in the rooms, wow, the, I could see the lights flickering and. Not constantly, but they'd flicker like two or three times in real fast succession. And I said, did you see those lights flicker? And he said, no, I didn't notice it. And I'm thinking, okay. <laughs> do, 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 do. So anyways, please tell everybody where you're calling from. The San Francisco Bay Area. All right. And how are you feeling? What's going on? Well, um, a couple things. Last week I asked you about this gland that was swollen yeah. for the past year, and right. I did go to the doctor, and it turns out it is a blocked salivary gland for, and that I have Sjogren's, which I had tested positive for, but I didn't have symptoms. So he said that's mm-hmm. part of He's ordering a CT scan, but he says that's part of it, and I'm now having the dry mouth. And so I just thought I'd follow up on that, that you were right about that, that it was blocked, right. and right. Um, it was a salivary gland. And so then um, I've been really, really tired this week, and then I realized I forgot to take my thyroid, my synthroid for the past, like, I don't know, three weeks. For some reason, I mean, I've been taking it since I was 20, but somehow I forgot to take it. So I don't know if that's why I'm tired, but um, I also was made an appointment with the eye doctor for tomorrow because my vision, I had like the, the light, the arc on the side of my eye uh, some, some months ago, and now it seems like my vision is on both eyes is kind of like cloudy at times. And so I just wondered if you saw anything in the eyes before I see him tomorrow just to ask him okay. about. And then there was a, a, something funny came up where I went out to, my husband was cooking dinner, and I said, oh, that meat smells rotten. And he he, we looked at the date, and he had bought it Monday, and it had been, you know, sell by Monday. And mm-hmm. I'm wondering if it's if it's rotten. Like he said, oh, maybe we shouldn't eat this, and it looks really good the dinner. But I thought I'd ask you if it is truly not in my best interest to eat that. So that was a funny question that just came up. No, I think ago. the I think the meat's okay. I oh, think okay. The, I think the meat's okay. Uh, oh, okay. Uh, and I get it. It's fine for you to eat it. All oh, right. Okay. So, Thanks. Let me check out. Let me check out your eyeballs. All right, is it your right eye, Susie, that's bothering um, you the most? Well, there's it's both eyes. Okay, the right eye is where the energy went first, and it's interesting because the energy came from behind. Normally, when I hook into somebody and I shoot energy through them, it most of the time, I would say ninety percent of the time, uh, I have a front view of them. They're facing me. They're mm-hmm. you know their energy field. Yours. I'm looking at you from behind, so I'm looking at the eyeball from behind mm-hmm. in my mind's eye, and it's the right eye is where the energy went first. When you were having that light arcing sensation, which eye was that in? That was in the left eye, but I do have a like a sty or some kind of little infection thing on the right eye right now, so I'm wondering if that's what you're seeing. It's on the right side of the right eye, but it's, or are you seeing the eyeball? I'm not sure. Well, I don't know. I the energy went to the right eye, and I'm being shown a scene of your eye from behind the eyeball. So I'm looking mm. to see, you know, what am I supposed to see? I just trust whatever comes up on my radar, uh-huh. as you know. Um, uh-huh. So I'm seeing it's just really dark. The other eye uh looks okay. You got yeah, you definitely got something going on with this right eye. All right, oh, okay. let me let me look on the front. Are you do you go to see the ophthalmologist? What is the 
Have you been? Well, I am going to see the ophthalmologist tomorrow. Yeah, I made an okay. appointment. But, but I just thought in they, case you saw anything particular, I would know to ask what to ask them about. Yeah. I'm not seeing a glaucoma issue, which is pressure building up on the eye. I, it looks to me like the little beginnings of a cataract on uh-huh. that eye, um, which can make the vision cloudy uh-huh. to, to a much lesser amount on the left eye, more so uh-huh. on the right eye. I can see where uh-huh. the sky is. I'm watching that thing get punctured and squeezed out. You know, it kind of looks like a little white zit almost. Uh-huh. Styes do oftentimes on the eye, and it just fills up with some little you know, junk, and and they'll, he'll probably give you some medicine to put in the uh, in your eye for that. Mm-hmm. They say use hot compresses on your eye. Mm-hmm. Have you heard that? that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, for this dye, that will help too. That's helped. So, yeah. um, I think you. I think you're starting to develop some cataracts. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> All right. I'll ask him about it that. Look, it looks like some cloudiness, and. Okay. Uh, Actually, uh, a friend of mine just had cataract surgery this morning, and it I, I was in many, many of those cases when I was you know medical device rep, and that is so easy these days they just oh. you're in you're in the o r under sedation they don't even put you under general anesthesia you're in there maybe fifteen minutes it's just easy wow. peasy easy peasy to fix I think yeah, see what he says about that. Okay, great. And then is there anything that explains the tiredness? Is that just from the thyroid missing for three weeks? Yeah, yeah, you already figured okay. that out. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much, Julie. Okay, see you. take care. Bye-bye. Love your show. Take care. Okay. okay. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thanks. Bye. All right. Have you ever heard of Cozy Earth Bedding? It's your ultimate luxury escape. Cozy Earth sheets are temperature regulating and incredibly soft, and they even have a 10-year warranty. They're made from organic bamboo and silk, are hypoallergenic, and even antimicrobial. Cozy Earth sheets are so amazing, they've been on Oprah's favorite things list for five years in a row, and I have them on my bed right now. So, if you're ready to elevate your sleep, Cozy Earth has a special offer just for my listeners. Go to CozyEarth.com and use the code AskJulie for a 35% discount. That's C-O-Z-Y-Earth.com and use code AskJulie for a 35% discount. Upgrade your sleep with Cozy Earth Bedding. I love them and so will you. We do this show every Thursday night, everybody, and uh, it's... Recorded at 8 Eastern on Thursday night, 7 Central and 5 Pacific. You can find this call information on a variety of places. First place is on my website, AskJulieRyan.com. And if you scroll down to the bottom of the home page, you'll see the call-in information, Thursdays, the time, that kind of thing. Also, wherever you download podcasts, I think this show is distributed to, I don't know, about 40 different podcast distributors around the globe. Uh, In the show notes is a description about the callers and that particular show, but at the bottom of the show notes is all this call-in information. And then lastly, on my blog which I send out every Thursday morning. It's a question that somebody has submitted online, and then I answer it. It takes you about a minute to read it. 
And then in the body of the email is the call-in information as well. So when you're on my website, sign up for the blog post. It'll say sign up for my blog. It's a little box. You put in your first name and your email address, and, uh, and then you'll get, you'll get one of those every Thursday, and it acts as a reminder. Furthermore, when you're on the website, AskJulieRyan.com, sign up for a private session. Like I was just talking with Robert, um, that'll give us a whole hour and give us the opportunity really to figure out what the cause of certain things is. Um, and it, it ends up being really interesting and, and also informative, but usually a lot of fun as well, because we can do a medical scan, I can scan your pets, I can scan your house, if you got mold issues or whatever, uh, we can talk to your deceased loved ones, we can do just a, a multitude of things. I, I laugh and tell people, I say, I'm like a buffet of psychicness. <laughs> so whatever you want to do, we can do it. And, uh, and then we have a whole hour together, which usually ends up being just a delight, hopefully for the person with whom I'm talking, but it always is for me. So, uh, so consider doing that too. All right. Speaking of something that I got online, you may remember if you listened to the show about a month ago, a woman named Shari called in and she wanted assistance with uh, her efforts and she was helping her cousin named Judy find her birth mother. And all they knew when the search began was that Judy was adopted from a Catholic home for unwed mothers that was located in the Baltimore, Maryland area. And that's all they had to work with. So Judy, Judy's adoptive parents got her related to Shari, who called into the show. So Shari, as it turns out, is a genealogist. And armed with this material about this Catholic home in Baltimore, she narrowed down the possible birth mothers to three different women. And then she called into the show and she said, can you help pinpoint which one is Judy's mom? And apparently I came up with a name. I'm going to have to go back and re-listen to that show. But here's the update. Right before I, I got a, started the show this evening, I got an email. I saw there was an email sent from Shari, and, and uh, she said, Judy sent a letter to the potential birth mother on September 10th. So that's the woman whose name I got was her actual birth mother. And, uh, and Judy received a call from the woman earlier today. So today is September 14th. So she sent the letter four days ago, and she received a call from this woman today. And, and then um, Shari forwarded this email to me a couple of hours ago, and it says, Shari, and this is all in caps. It says, my birth mother called me with a bunch of exclamation points after it. Julie was right, and you were right. She is thrilled. She's only sad that she's so old now and wishes I had found her sooner. She said she named me after her favorite nun at the home for unwed mothers. She also says she has prayed for me every day, and she put parentheses, that made me cry. No wonder I've had such a good life, two mothers who always pray for me, and parentheses. And she went on to say, she and her daughter want me to come to New York in October to meet, so I'll try to work that out. Sadly, she remembers nothing about my birth father, not even his name. Maybe Julie can help us with that. 
please tell her that I'm thankful for her help. Well, you are so welcome, Judy, for the help. This is, and she closes with, this is a happy day. Hugs and kisses, Judy. Judy, if you're listening, absolutely, I'll be delighted to help you. And I am so thrilled that you found your birth mother. You know, what a wonderful, wonderful treat for not only for her, but also for you, as you, I know, have been looking for her for probably most of your life. And and from what I gather, the birth mother's fairly elderly. So, gosh, you know, what a joy for her to to meet her daughter that she gave up for adoption uh, while she's still here to meet her in, in person. So I thought that was a really heartwarming story, and I wanted to share that with everybody. All righty, let's go back to the phones. I believe our next caller is Peter. Hi, Peter. Hi there. How are you, Julie? I'm well. How are you? I'm doing okay. Terrific. Uh, Please tell everybody where you're calling from. I'm calling from San Francisco, just San north, Francisco. Marin County. Marin. Yeah, sure. Yeah, Cross very, the bridge. Very lucky. I'm really appreciated a lot. Terrific. I'm in a small town, Larkspur. Um, I thought I would give you just a very quick update from last Please, time before you I start that, Peter, before you do the yeah. update, please give everybody who hasn't heard the show from last week, give them a brief overview of what you're going to update us about. Uh, sure. And by the way, it's going to be very brief. Um, okay. It's um, uh, last time I asked Julie about okay, my girl. I'll try to make this just bullet points. My girlfriend died maybe three weeks ago. Her daughter took care of her as she died. My girlfriend was very sensitive about people coming to visit. She was in a lot of pain, and she wanted to die very much alone-ish. Uh-huh. Her daughter is protective of the house. Uh, you know, the, the remains are gone from the house and so forth. And I had, I mean, she's been my girlfriend committed for years. I had my things there some things, but mostly I wanted to feel my girlfriend's presence, mm-hmm. which is in the house, in mundane cups and everything, mm-hmm. and various shrines, some different spiritual shrines she had. Um, the daughter was very protective, but also irrational. She said her feelings were irrational, but that's what she was felt. She didn't want anyone in the house. So I finally just went. I mean, I have a key to the house. It, it was, and uh, I got my things, and I just spent uh, an entire night meditating there, you know, and looking at the shrines. And I wrote a letter over and over, many drafts, to the daughter that I felt good about, and I sent it to her. I think things are going to work out. And Wonderful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wonderful. And Julie, you you mentioned that. Well, and you tuned in to Cat for her. Opinion. Your girlfriend, right? Cat, my girlfriend, and she said that I was being overly dramatic. <laughs> That's right. Which, I remember that. Which is true. Which is true. You know, and I and I think both of us were. 
and it's a grief process, you know. So sure, um, I was going to say, know. hey, you're that's appropriate when you've just lost, you know, your love and you're in the grieving yeah. process. Being being a being dramatic is completely appropriate. So that's proceeding, you know, and I am connected with the family and I'm going to continue to be. And so that's working. And thank you for your, excuse me, Bless thanks you. for contacting Kat. Oh, my pleasure. Like, my pleasure. Yeah. So how are you doing? How are you I'm, doing in the grieving process? Um, you know, I'm. Uh, I'm doing okay. Um, I think if there's an issue, it's that I want to engage more emotionally in my grieving process. Uh There's a tendency for me to float away from my feelings. Uh And what really helps me is the degree to which I am involved in the actual dealing with cats the aftermath of her being here Mm -hmm. on earth Mm -hmm. and the degree to which I can participate with the family in memorial service and just knowing what is happening, you know, what, right. There's various aspects of things. So just the more I can be connected in a practical way. And if there's anything I can do to help, which so far they say there hasn't been. That's it. Okay. And then the other thing is telling people about, just talking to people about cat and so forth. And it brings up feelings. I think you get the picture. But the more I, I do yeah. with other people regarding cat is mm-hmm. the key for me. You know? mm-hmm. And I've been reading Elizabeth Google Ross. Good. Get my book, too. Angelic okay, attendance. Um, if uh, if you go to my okay. website, askjulieryan.com, Peter, and you'll yeah. see there's a pop-up that comes up, angelic attendance, I promise you it will give you an amazing amount of comfort okay. when you read it, okay? And, and you're okay. going to find the stories in it to be heartwarming and comforting, and everybody that I've talked to who's read it has said, oh my gosh, this needs to be required reading for every human because we're all going to go through it eventually. But it's done in a, in, a, in a heartwarming way. Two things I want you to remember as you're going through this grieving process. Number one, grief. I always tell people when they're grieving, yeah. think of grief as waves of the ocean. They come yeah. crashing in and they right. feel awful. The grief feels awful. Yeah. But know yeah. that, that picture the wave, the wave's going to recede, and it's going to be calm again. And then it's going to come back, and it's going to crash in, and it's going to hurt like crazy, Peter. Right. But when you're in that pain, just go, okay, I know it's going to recede, and it always does. And the more mm-hmm. you let that flow, mm-hmm. the, the easier it's going to become as you go through this grieving process. That's number one. Number two, I think we talked about this last week, and for every everyone listening, we all can communicate with our deceased loved ones, and all you have to do is ask them a question or talk to them in your head, and then you're going to get an answer in your head. You're going to get a thought in your head, and it's immediate, Peter. It's within a second. If you think mm-hmm. about what an answer is going to be for more than a second or two, that's right. your brain right. playing with right. you. But right. it's, I mean, it's 
sometimes faster than you can even snap your fingers. And right. and it and the more you do it, the better you're going to get at it. And yeah. it will get to the point where you ask a question and the answer's coming in before the whole question's even asked. Right. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then you mm-hmm. can do that with anybody and you can do that with deceased loved ones. You can do it with, mm-hmm. um, you know, all kinds of people. So keep that in mind as you go through this. And thanks for calling mm-hmm. in and give us an, giving us an update. I'm really proud of the, you that you went and got yeah, your sure. stuff. Good job. Okay. Yeah, good job. Yeah, thank okay, thank well, you. thanks for joining us. Okay. Have thanks. a good week. Take care. Bye-bye. Okay. All right. And I believe our next caller is Kathy. Hi, Kath. Hey, Julie. How are you, girl? I'm pretty emotional tonight. <laughs> okay. All right. Talk to us. Kathy's um, calling from Ohio, everybody. Yep. Yeah, I went to uh, to visit my parents yesterday and saw my dad. Yeah. And um, this who is, is dying? Con- everybody, for those yeah, of you. Sorry. That, yeah, no, that's all right. Yeah, I can tell yeah, you were upset, so I'm gonna I'm gonna jump in here with details. Okay. Go ahead. Well, he um, when I <laughs> it was weird. I got to my they didn't know I was coming. I got to my mom's house and she was there and, and his bed was empty, and I it freaked me out at first. I'm like, well, what happened? But she had had a she had had a colonoscopy and he had to go to hospice. Oh, so I okay. went to which was scheduled and but I didn't know. So I went to see him at hospice and um, he was different this time. He was. Um, you know, like making up like words, like sounds, and he was using sounds instead of words, and uh-huh. it was very, it was very odd. And it might have been just because he wasn't at home, but my sense, all I know is, ever since then, I've been feeling a lot of grief. Yeah. So I don't yeah. know if that means he's. I think he's really close to leaving. He is. He's very, very close. And and for those of you who haven't had a chance to see my 12 phases of transition. If you go to my website, AskJulieRyan.com, and click on the link that says 12 phases of transition, it's a diagram of what happens to all of us as we as we die, as we're dying, as we go into non-physical, whether it's instant or whether it's like Kathy's dad and it's prolonged over several months. And, and the 11th phase is... Um, it shows a tor- like a vortex above the person's head, and that has an upward pull, and that helps the spirit evacuate from the body, and then the spirit is carried off to he- is escorted to heaven with angel- guardian angels on either side. And Kathy, your dad is really at the top of the vortex. He's very, very, very close. He's not. Yeah. He hasn't exited the vortex yet, but he's very, very close. So, yeah. do you want me to ask him the questions we always ask? Yeah, that'd be great. See what he says. I always ask everybody who, with whom I work who's dying, uh, I always ask them telepathically or psychically. I always ask, are, are you ready to go? Jack says, yes. Are you in pain? Yes. He always tells us he's in pain, Kathy. Um, yeah. Are you ready to go? Yes. Are you in pain? Yes. What do you need? Nothing. Um, will you go soon? Yes. Will it be within the next few days? Yes. So I do think it's it's very very close. Is he going to stay in hospice or is he going to go home? Um, well, he's he's supposed to go back home. Okay, um, I, I just I just asked him. Do you, 
Yeah, I just asked him, do you want to be transported back home? He said, no. Do you prefer to die in your own home? No. Do you prefer to die in the hospice facility? Yes. He's saying yes before the question's even out, even asked completely. Um, Let's see. He's saying it's going to be easier on your mom if he stays there. And, uh, And he's concerned about it just being so hard on your mom. Uh, uh, he wants to know if you can come, if you can come back to come back, but he yeah. understands if you can't. And uh, do you, so, I mean, I even go as far as I ask the person who's dying, do you want anybody with you when you go? Yes. Do you want Kathy to be there? Not necessary. I think he wants your mom with him, if at all possible. Huh. Yeah. yeah. And, and let me tell you too, Kathy, I know, I think we've spoken about this before, but when we die and when our loved ones die, we choose when we go, where we are when we go, and who's with us when we go. And sometimes that's nobody. Yeah. And um, and so if, in fact, your mom wants to be with him and he decides to go on when she's not there, I just remember this to help her deal with a lot of people feel guilt. You know, if they leave the room to go get a cup of coffee and their loved one slips away while they're out of yeah. the room. Well, yeah. Yeah, you're going to have to leave the room sometime. And, yeah. uh, and so I talked to so many people who have just this crazy amount of guilt because they're not there. My Meemaw did that. You probably read that read about that in my book. I don't yeah. know if you've gotten to that part where <laughs> I fed her a full dinner. She even ate dessert, drank a whole cup of coffee, and I and I left, and I was gone an hour. My sister and her husband went in to see her, and we were all gone. And probably fifteen minutes after my sister left, she she checked out. And I thought, really, we're all with you, you know, <laughs> for all this time. And I was even in from out of town, and you checked out. So. Uh, so you got to, you know, you got to remember it's really all in our own hands. And funeral directors will tell you all kinds of stories about how loved ones sat with their dying relative for her friend or spouse for days or weeks or months and then went out to get a cup of coffee and the person died while they were out of the room. So it's yeah. all part of the it's all part of the master plan. But if you can get over to see him as much as possible, just spend as much time as you can. Not not only for him, but more for you, frankly. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, hang in there, girl. Remember, you know, remember all these graphics. Remember, this is all glorious. Your daddy's surrounded by deceased loved ones, his parents, you know, everybody who loves him who's deceased. He's surrounded by angels. He's going to be carried off to heaven by angels when he goes. I mean, they don't get any better than this. This is a glorious component to help balance all the grief and all the sadness and all that, you know, as we lose our loved ones. If you can just remember there's this glorious side of the equation. And when you're feeling really, really down, go on my website and look at those, look at those graphics and okay. and remember, you know, God, yeah. we can't, it doesn't get any better. We're surrounded by angels. Holy moly. Yeah. So keep that yeah, he in did, mind. He did tell me several times that, my grand, my grandpa's dad there with him. Yeah, yeah, he is, and so and so is your grandmother. Your grandmother's oh, running okay. the show. 
Yeah, your grandma. <laughs> that sounds like yeah. her. <laughs> your grandmother's at his left foot, and your granddad is at his right foot. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and they anchor this line of angels, and these are big ass angels, Kathy. They're like between six and seven feet tall, as they appear to me. That's how I know who they are. They're guardian angels, and they have these massive wings, and they're all dressed in these white gowns. They're that are tied at the waist with rope, and uh, now is that what angels really look like? I don't know, but that's how they appear to me, so I know who they are. And yeah. they they form this line of demarcation. You're with your grandparents anchoring this line, and behind them are all these deceased relatives and loved ones' spirits. I call this the Welcome to Heaven Committee. <laughs> Remember the Welcome Wagon Committees when you'd move into a neighborhood? Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, they used to have welcome wagon. This is like the welcome wagon to heaven meeting or committee. Mm-hmm. And uh, and your grandma is the one, your grandmother's the one that's running the show in the spirit world. <laughs> okay. Funny. All right. They, she, the, the maternal spirit who's closest to the person who's dying calls in the angels, calls in the deceased loved ones and really runs the show. And so those angels and your grandparents act as a line of demarcation between our physical world and the non-physical spirit world. Okay. And, uh, and your dad has so many deceased loved ones with him that they look like dots on the horizon. So it doesn't get any better than this, what yeah. he's, what he's experiencing on the spirit side of the equation. All right. So keep that in mind. All right. Hang in there. Okay. Thanks, Julie. Okay. Thanks for calling. Bye. Bye. Okay. And with that, everybody, we are just about out of time. So thank you for listening this evening. And uh, please, please call in next week and submit your questions online and and follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Ask Julie Ryan. And I hope you have a wonderful weekend and a, a terrific beginning of next week. And, and until next time, take care, everybody. Bye now. Thanks for joining us. Be sure to follow Julie on Instagram and YouTube at Ask Julie Ryan and like her on Facebook at Ask Julie Ryan. To schedule an appointment or submit a question, please visit AskJulieRyan.com. This show is for informational purposes only. It is not intended to be medical, psychological, financial, or legal advice. Please contact a licensed professional. The Ask Julie Ryan Show, Julie Ryan and all parties involved in producing, recording, and distributing it assume no responsibility for listeners' actions based on any information heard on this or any Ask Julie Ryan shows or podcasts.